Let's Cover That podcast is brought to you by CMNF Group, professional liability services for over 200 healthcare professions. Visit our website at cmfgroup.com slash podcast for more info. Hey, everybody. Will Sullivan here with another episode of Let's Cover That with my co-host, Antonina Agruza. And today we have with us Jessica Ruain, a registered nurse and co-owner of Chronic Care Leaders. Jessica, thanks for joining us this morning. Hello, thank you for having me today. Of course, it's a pleasure. So tell us a little bit about your background in healthcare and what led you to create Chronic Care Leaders. Absolutely. So thank you again for having me on today. And um, being in this uh, telephonic world in care management um, has really kind of taken off after COVID and just the influx to our primary care physician offices needing help with all the patients and kind of keeping them accountable in the interim between all their uh, visits. So in our business, after hiring um, certain care managers, we realized there was a really a lack of um, information, understanding. Um, there's a big difference when you go from bedside nursing to telephonic assessment. It's a whole nother skill set. So that really led us into creating our course where we um, certify nurses into this area that really was not out there before uh, we had put it all together. So, so Jessica, could you just to kind of take a step into the fundamentals? You know, what is chronic care? Mm-hmm. What are the needs that you're kind of seeing nurses like yourself fulfill? Absolutely. So chronic care uh, management is really bridging that gap in care. Your physician can only do so much. And a lot of times, I don't know if you've ever had this, Will, uh, but leaving your doctor appointment and maybe feeling overwhelmed with some of the information, not really understanding everything. And then all of a sudden you have all these questions when you're in the car. So um, really, we're there to manage patients in between their doctor visits and to help keep them safe while and out of the hospital. A lot of times, if you just miss a dose of medication or know the first signs of like inflammation in certain areas of your body, we can adjust your medications. Not me personally, but we can get a hold of the doctor and get that medication adjusted, and that will save a hospital visit. So it's really um, managing the patient to feel their best. It's also helping with cost containment within the healthcare system. And it's really trying to give patients that autonomy of taking control of their health. And now, are there any sort of milestones that a patient has to hit in order to be considered for chronic care management? Or can anyone essentially sign up for it? Great question. Um, They have to have two chronic illnesses that will last six months or longer um, to to really qualify for that piece. And um, like I said, with with chronic care, you know, it's it's a lot uh, financial strain on our healthcare system when we're taking care of patients with these chronic illnesses. And that's kind of why they saw the need to create a program like this. Are there specific chronic care that you, you got into initially with your background that, you know, really kind of set the stage for this? Was it was that diabetes or some other specific care need that kind of started this for you? Or was it just everything all at the same time? Uh, I'll be completely honest with you. Um, my husband was in the military. I was, I was a military spouse. He's now retired. 
And I had to figure out how to juggle having a family, moving, and having basically being a single parent when he was gone all the time. And this was like the perfect career for me. And with it, I wasn't sure I was going to love it. And I ended up falling in love with it. And I think it's because I've always loved health and wellness, kind of more health coaching. I also have a bachelor's in alternative medicine. I love to, you know, see people succeed and their personal and taking control of their personal health. So I kind of fell into it as like a good career for my lifestyle. And then I grew with this industry because I ended up loving the success that I was seeing in my patients and really, really rewarding, um, just kind of helping our patients even navigate the healthcare system. And that's the other thing that's really interesting. I talk to many patients some 95-year-olds that like I take health advice from, you know, they are just um, and just and I'm helping them make sure they stay self, safe, well and out of the hospital. But what I love about this is we close gaps in cares. It's as something as hard as setting up transportation if they can't drive anymore. It's also something as easy as some of my patients didn't understand how to take their medications um, so really closing that gap in care and meeting the patients where they're at and then bringing them up to their best um, and, and reaching like that certain level and they're always continuing to grow. So that's what I really like because it's not just one thing that keeps them safe while and out of the hospital. It's meeting them where they're at and working with them exactly um, what they need, what they need to be, um, what, what they need to have and work on that personal health goal for them. So with your organization, how are people reaching you? Are you completely virtual? Are you going to people's homes? Yep. So we are completely virtual. That's what's so great. We have a couple different offices in uh, New York, Michigan, and soon to be here in Virginia as well. Um, so that's what I love about this is you can do it virtually. And we've also set up a system because I believe in finding local resources we also do that. We get involved in our community and get some local resources going for our patients because that's important as well to link them in, especially socially. I'm sure you guys have heard a lot of that, um, dealing with emotional and social issues, especially the elderly feeling alone and isolated. We really do try to work within that, um, within where they live and get to know the different resources there and get them involved. It's interesting, Jessica, because this is kind of gets into, you know, when we had the Affordable Care Act come in 2010 mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, a real push for cost containment, but also, you know, readmissions and what that looks like. Mm -hmm. But, you know, th this is really like more new to me hearing about this model being pushed. Why, why do you why is there such a delay in kind of making this requirement, kind of hammering health systems on, you know, readmissions. And now here we are finally kind of putting the pieces together. What, what is the, the issue with the timeline there? I mean, outside of you, you kind of pushing it along, but you know, what, sure. what do you see in the healthcare system that's made this such a delay? It seems like such an obvious need. So it's actually been out there. I don't want to, I think it's 2015. CCM was started and now they're doing like a lot of um, RPM and RTM too. Um, 
this has been out there for a while. They just didn't give it a nice name of chronic care management. Um, they, they did. They actually started this with patients in desolate areas, not able to get a home health nurse to go to them. So I used to call patients that had, that did not, you know, were three hours from a facility or from the nearest, you know, home health care. So I used to call patients like that to make sure, Hey, are you doing okay? You know, like we have enough oxygen, like how are you doing on all your deliveries and making sure they had everything that they needed um, because they were further from care. So that's kind of like where it started. Um, I'd say that's about 10, 15 years ago. And then it just kind of evolved as our patients help. I think a lot of it had to do with COVID and the isolation and then the physicians with the limited um, um, visits. And now, you know, even now I'm still booking patients to get back into their PCP because they haven't seen them for a year and a half because everything's been telephonic, you know? So the physician's offices are overwhelmed and overworked. They really are. And even um, some of the physicians that we work with, they just say, we just need less taps on this patient. We need less touches on, on each patient. You know, there's only so much they can do. And then that's where we come in. So we kind of take away that burden. So they could do what they do well, and we could do what we do well. And together, you know, we all work together to help with the patient, cost containment, um, kind of everything. That's great. So tell us a little bit about what you think the future of chronic care looks like. Um, so I have a couple things. Um, I don't love all of it. Um, I honestly see a lot of like, oh, let's create a health app. Let's have you check in, um, you know, kind of things like that. That I don't love because some of my patients, you know, I still call them on their home phone because they don't like cell phones. Um, some of my patients don't even have cell phones. So um, to bring all this tech that's coming, I see it could be great, but maybe not the generation that I'm calling right now. So as we grow and evolve, I can definitely see that like, you know, hey, look at my app, you know, and communicate that way. And there are um, bigger companies out there that that's how they do chronic care management. They, through, they do it through an app, a text message. Um, for me and our company and our business, we really like to personalize, you know, talk to them. You can hear a lot when you talk to them too. And, um, and th th so that's what I see. So, excuse me. So it's good moving forward, but we're going to have some growing pains and I think it's going to take a little bit of time to catch up. Yeah, that's really, it's really great. It's, it's cool what you, you guys are doing and it's, um, it seems like such an absolute need. It doesn't matter generational. Uh, and, and if you use the cell phone or not, it's just really makes a lot of sense whether you're coming out from surgery and you need kind of extended care, or if you have a chronic condition, just the base model of what you're doing just makes sense in a lot of different layers. Mm -hmm. um, so thank you so much for the wonderful work. Oh, great. Thank you. And thank you for everything you guys do. You know, I, um, you know, setting up our business, I didn't realize how I needed to be protected. And you guys definitely do that. So I thank you for that. Um, I never realized that there could be such a leak in our safety. And if that were to happen, I, I wouldn't have a business anymore. So I do want to say thank you for what you guys do as well. I appreciate that.
You're very welcome, Jessica. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Jessica. I really appreciate your time today. And that's another episode of Let's Cover That. Thank you.